Welcome to the Coppreneur Path Podcast. Welcome to the show that is all about the path from cop to coppreneur. I'm your host, Adam Wills. With this podcast, I am going to help equip you for your own post-law enforcement entrepreneurial journey with lessons learned from my experience growing a successful post-Leo business. You'll also get to hear from fellow coppreneurs and experts in business and marketing whose advice will give you an edge against the competition. You are in the right place. So let's get after it. Welcome back to another episode of the Coppernewer Path podcast brought to you by Elio to CEO. Now today, guys, we're going to talk about a topic that may not interest you a lot, but I want to tell you right now that it should. This is something you should be paying attention to if you're looking to grow your business, grow your email list this year, and find new opportunities to generate leads for your business. And so today, what I want to talk to you about is something that's a little bit taboo but uh, cold email outreach. Uh, Now, I know you guys, uh, you know that we stress uh, often um, through this podcast and in the community and our workshops, uh, our focus is generally on uh, opt-in email nurture, right? So people that have opted into your email list, either by going to your website or requesting something from you, maybe it's a lead generator. But today, what we want to talk about is cold email outreach, uh, which is when somebody has not opted in uh, and you're just reaching out to them cold. So today I brought on a guest, uh, Adam Rosen, who is easily a uh, expert, uh, easily an expert in this area. Uh, Adam is the founder of Email Outreach Company. Uh, Adam, it's awesome to have you on. Adam, it's uh, great to chat with you again. I really appreciate you having me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this conversation. I was telling you that a little bit before we started recording. Uh, And like I just said in the lead in, you know, it's a little bit taboo. Uh, Some people don't even want to touch the idea of cold email. Um, But I think it's an important topic for us to discuss. And obviously you would agree. So what is your perspective on why is cold email important? Yeah, I, I always hear about how cold email doesn't work. That's I've always heard that. Even when we were doing cold email on my tech start, that's really when I got introduced to it. And by the way, when I first started doing cold emails, I didn't even know what BCC was. You know, <laughs> like that's how that's how naive I was to the to the email game when I first started doing it without even realizing it. Uh, so I did start just that naive, and now obviously I have an email company. So even if you feel like you don't know so much about cold email, you're not an expert in it, you don't know how to use the technology, that's okay. I was a novice with it, and now obviously that's what I do uh, for a living. So. I think that cold email doesn't work. Sure. If you don't know what you're doing, just like Instagram ads, they don't work. Sure. If you don't know what you're doing, billboards don't work. Sure. If you don't know what you're doing, et cetera, et cetera. And because that people do look at cold email uh, and they kind of get a little scared of it. They push a little bit to the side. It does feel to your point, a little bit taboo. But because of that, because there's so many people that don't know how to send a good cold email, because there's so many people that don't know how to follow up properly, because there's so many people that don't know how to target their potential audience properly, it leaves a great white space for people that do to be able to get in touch with any person they want and to get direct access to them. So I think it's a little bit taboo, which scares people away. And it's also something that people don't treat like the art that it actually is. And so they don't do a great job of it. So if you do know what you're doing, it can be a heck of an X factor for you. Yeah, I think just like anything, it's 
you know, when, when somebody says, well, this thing doesn't work, right? It's usually the execution, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because, I mean, generally speaking, people don't create or invent things that don't work, right? <laughs> so generally, my response, if somebody says, well, this isn't working, okay, well, what what's what's wrong in the execution, right? Uh, you know, in, in fact, uh, oftentimes, speaking to the, to the email side of things, you know, we'll get people that will, you know, create a, like a lead generating asset for them, right. Uh, to help them build their email list. And they'll say, oh, it's not working. And I say, okay, well, have you shared this with anybody? Have you, have you blasted it out on social media? Have you let anybody know that the asset exists? Oh no. Right. It's the, if you build it, they will come kind of concept. Right. So, uh, it is generally an issue of execution. So what do most people execute incorrectly when it comes to cold email outreach that makes them respond with, it's not working? Yeah, great question. So it's a number of things, and I'll, I'll go through a couple of the, the main ones here. So number one, the great thing about cold email, the great thing about just email in general, whether you're building email list or I'll speak specifically to a cold email list that you're buying or building yourself, you can get as targeted as you want. So if you want to reach out to law enforcement officers in the Midwest, you can find a list of law enforcement officers in just the Midwest. If you want to find a list of CEOs at companies that have between 50 and 200 employees, you could find a list of CEOs that just have 50 to 200 employees. So number one, it's getting very targeted. Now, once you get targeted, how are you able to share a message that's going to resonate with those targeted folks? So that's the second big thing is you have to have a message that is going to resonate. Do they have a problem or do they have a need in an area that you're able to address? Then number three, we get into the email, of course. So bad subject lines. I hate tacky subject lines that just try to get you and open it. That yeah. just that just pisses me off. It just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. So right away, I'm just like, I don't need, I, right away, I don't trust you. So I don't like tacky subject lines. I also don't like subject lines that aren't clear, like get direct to the point. When I'm reaching out, I just, I just say, hey, requesting a phone call regarding this very short, sweet uh, topic that I want to address. So that's another thing, subject lines. Then we get into the body of the email. Long, long, long emails. I do talks around Gen Z because of the tech business I had in the college recruiting space. So one of the things we share is how Gen Zers have the attention span of a goldfish, about eight seconds. Mm -hmm. I hate to break it to all of us. You know, I'm a millennial, but all generations, we all have a shrinking attention span, especially when it comes to anything technology related, anything email related. So we got to get to the point in a short, sweet manner. Stop sending paragraphs and emails. Every single sentence that I have in my emails is one line. One line, maybe I have two sentences in an email or in a paragraph, that's the max, but every sentence has its own line. And I try to keep every email under six sentences as the cold outreach. And then what is the clear call to action? Do you have 15 minutes to chat? I was meeting with an SDR rep yesterday and she was showing me the email she sends. And I went through it, I'm like, this is the most confusing ask, uh, ask I've ever seen. I don't even know what you want from me. Do you want to hop on a call? Do you want me to just buy something right here? What do you want me to do? So what is that clear ask? Uh, so some of those are some of the major things that I see constantly that people mess up in. And the last thing I'll, I'll leave, another one of my big pet peeves, the first line of an email, that is such valuable real estate. Can we please, for the love of God, in a cold email, I know it's well-intentioned, but can we please stop saying, hi, 
I hope all is well with you and your family. Yeah, the Hi, platitudes. I hope COVID didn't affect yeah. you too well. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I, I've been researching your company so much and, you know, blah, 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 like BS, BS, BS. Like, let, that's all nice and well, but like that first line, that's valuable real estate. Get directly to the point. I'm This is the purpose. This is why I'm reaching out to you. And if that purpose resonates, then I'll keep reading, but stop wasting space with these BS platitudes. Yeah, I, I can't agree more. And I, and I love the fact that you brought up the point about being direct in what it is that you're actually offering and asking for. Uh, because when you are soft in your call to action, it does two things. It one demonstrates that you really don't have confidence in your offer. And second, it just creates confusion and it seems disingenuous. Love that. Absolutely. And that's the thing is I try to be as direct as possible. And that's my way of showing them that I value them and I care about them while also giving them an out. Hey, if this doesn't interest you, just let me know when I'll stop reaching out to you. I don't want to bug you. I don't want to harass you. If you're not interested, that's okay. And also the the last piece, well, I don't know how I forgot this one. This might be the most important piece, the follow-up. Yeah. It takes on average to book one meeting for our clients. So we book sales appointments for our clients. And when someone wants to talk, we just put it on our client's calendar. It takes on average four emails. So one main email and three follow-up emails to book one successful meeting. I can't tell you how many meetings have been booked after that eighth follow-up email. So you have to follow up, but you have to follow up in a way that works. Our follow-ups are always very short and sweet, about one or two sentences, just pinging someone back to that main email. And it's never antagonizing them. Like when I see people that write a follow-up email and their follow-up email is, hey, why aren't you responding to me? Or, hey, clearly this problem that I mentioned in my first email doesn't matter to you. Like things like that. Why are we Why are we antagonizing the person that, because they didn't respond? That's not their fault they didn't respond. That's my fault for sending a poor email. So the art of the follow-up is so, so, so critical. If we don't follow up, we don't even give ourselves a chance to get a meeting booked. Yeah. Now I, I, I hate spam just as much as anybody else does. Right. And, but I, I, I agree with you because the number of times that I have received cold emails from people, I mean, a lot of the time I just see them and I delete them. Right. Uh, if they're, they're of no interest to me or I might respond and let them know that I'm not interested, but the number of times that I've had somebody reach out three or four times and I'm like, Oh yeah, I need to, I need to do that. Right. And so people are just busy, but Here's the thing. I guarantee you that there are people listening to this episode right now that are saying, yeah, but I don't want to spam people. I'm not going to do that. Okay. So how do we overcome that hurdle of looking at cold outreach as spam and how do we differentiate what we do? And I know you touched on this already a little bit in talking about subject lines and the body of the email, but, but, but how do we overcome that mindset that cold outreach is spam and then execute it in a way that ensures that people don't receive it that way. I love that. So the first thing we have to ask ourselves and really get get real with ourselves is do we believe that our product or service is going to help this person we're reaching out to? If we fully believe that, then we should want to reach out and we should want to do whatever we can to get a meeting booked with this person because we know that if we are to work together, that they are going to benefit from that. But if we don't fully believe that our product or service is going to benefit them, then yes, we are going to have that natural feeling. I don't want to spam people. I don't want to bug people. I don't want to waste their time. So if we don't fully believe in what we're doing, then yes, we're going to feel like we're bugging them. But if we genuinely believe that what we are doing is going to help this person, it's going to help them solve a problem, 
get a need, get a promotion, whatever that thing is, then we should not feel bad about reaching out to try to get their attention while making sure that we toe the line of, hey, if this isn't a fit for you, I don't want to spam you. I don't want to bug you. Just reach, just unsubscribe here or just let me know to stop reaching out. And I promise you, I'll stop reaching out. So you have to toe that line. But we need to really ask ourselves, if we think we're actually helping them, then we should try to get their attention because they're going to benefit from it if they do. Yeah. If you think that you have the solution to someone's problem, because again, being in business is all about solving problems, right? And if you think you have the best solution to someone's problem, you should be uh, confident and forward about sharing that solution with people. I love that. So, you know what? I want to get into, I want to shift gears here just a little bit. And I want to get into kind of the technical side of some of this uh, and talk about that. But before we do that, let's just take a quick break. Hey, Adam here, just taking a quick break. Do you want to turn your website visitors into loyal fans? I want to let you know real quick about a free guide I wrote that will teach you how to use email marketing to educate and nurture your subscribers. Did you know that email marketing gives an average return of $44 for every $1 spent? If you've tried email marketing in the past and have been unsuccessful, this guide will give you everything you need to get it right and start seeing results from your efforts. Just go to leo2ceo.com forward slash email dash guide and you can download the guide instantly. Again, that's leo2ceo.com forward slash email dash guide. Back to the show. All right, Adam. So we talked a little bit about the concept behind cold email outreach and why it's important, how to differentiate it from spam. But now I want to talk about uh, the technical side of it, because there's always a lot of questions that come up. And as I told you before we started recording, you know, as as a marketing agency, we have largely been focused on um, the opt-in style email nurture and have really, as an agency, started doing a lot more cold email outreach ourselves and um, have learned a lot through that process uh, in both um, integrating uh, safety source with breacher CRM and, and, and the access to uh, email lists of, of law enforcement uh, leaders around the country. But also, um, we, we have been using a bot to be able to scrape emails from LinkedIn, where like we can identify LinkedIn profiles, and then the bot looks at like what company they're with or what agency they're with and identifies the domain for that, that agency and then tries different variations of their name with that in order to find the email and we're able to scrape these lists, right? Um, obviously, the, the, the people that are listening to this, my audience that's listening to this are not going to do that level of work themselves, right? They're going to work with somebody like you or, or our agency or someone else in order to get that information. So I guess the first question is, how do we go about finding a quality email list? Yeah, another great question. So first, you have to identify who is your ideal customer? Who do you want to reach out to? Again, whether that's by number of employees, industry, uh, you really want to get focused in on who do you want to find the contacts for? Once you get clear on that, you could go to a website like Upwork, upwork.com. It's a site for freelancers. Um, it's a great way to hire really any type of freelancer talent. Our full-time employees now for my company, email outreach company, all came from finding them first on upwork.com. 
So the reason why I bring that up is you could find list builders that are able to generate and build these lists through some of the means that you mentioned that can help find contacts for you. Now, we've been through a lot of those folks and some of them don't do a great job. And why do they typically not do a great job is they typically don't do a great job of verifying the emails, similar to what you said, which can be dangerous because if you don't verify the emails properly and you start sending emails out on a mass scale, you're going to start to get a lot of bounces, which can lead to a high spam rate. And that is the last thing you want. So we have a really good team now internally that is able to not just find the contacts, but verify the contacts to make sure that they're legitimate contacts, at least to the highest probability possible. So that when we are doing outreach, we're uh, we're minimizing any type of spam, spam risk. So whether you worked with a company like mine to help you find contacts, or you just try to find it on your own, you go to a, go to a website like Upwork.com and you can find people from all over the world that build out these email lists for, for uh, a pretty inexpensive, inexpensive amount. So you mentioned the risk of the the high spam degree, if you will, right? Uh, if you don't verify those contacts and you're not careful, are, are there other um, other things to be aware of that can potentially have a detrimental impact on your email sending domain, your your overall domain reputation when you're doing cold outreach, and how do we avoid those sort of things? Great question. So. The tool that we use, and it's an I love shouting them out. It's a tool called GMAS, G-M-A-S-S, and it hooks right into Gmail. So anyone who's using Gmail, uh, you can leverage that. It might actually hook into um, Outlook too. I'm not 100% sure though on that. But we use that tool, and that tool does a lot of things for us, including it, it checks for spam. So before we ever send out a campaign, we use this this tool that checks for spam to see how healthy this inbox is and how healthy this email is. So some things that can land you in spam, having links in your email. So whenever you have links, Google flags that as, hey, this might be spam, especially when we're sending cold outreach. So that can negatively affect you. Any images, any attachments, so certain subject lines, if they come across as too spam, you'll go into promotions. So that's why a tool like GMS that's able to check for spam before you send out an email is so important. So if there's ever a high spam rate or really any spam rate, we won't even send that mass email because we want to make sure that the health of the inbox is in check and we're constantly monitoring that. That's one thing. Another big thing is when we when you send out emails, you never want to send out, let's say you're sending out a thousand emails, you don't send out a thousand emails at once. If that happens like that, Gmail is gonna uh, raise their, you know, their red flag. Something's going on here. So whenever we send out campaigns, every email that gets sent out, even if it's in the same campaign, it's between one minute and five minutes is when it's gonna the next email is gonna be sent. So it's never happening automatically all at once. So those are some minor things that you can do to make sure that you're monitoring it. But you always should be monitoring your inbox and checking to see how your spam rate is because if it's too high, uh, you wanna make sure that you're not sending out any mass emails until you get it back in check. We use another tool that it's called a warm-up, a spam solver warm-up. So right now in all of my inboxes, there's basically fake emails being sent automatically on my behalf that are going to real inboxes that are responding to me. So it looks like there's real emails going out. So that Gmail is like, oh, this is a real account. They're sending emails back and forth. So those are some of the things that I do for myself as well as my clients that are frankly very easy that anybody could do on their own. So what sort of tools do you use for for that warm up? Because that's something I've been curious about too, is really the difference between like, do, uh, do, I, do I want to send cold emails from my main domain that I also use for my email list that is opted in for my emails. Yeah. So 
all that stuff is, is through that same tool, GMAS. It has all those capabilities. That's why I love it so much. And it's very inexpensive. The thing is like 30 bucks a month. So it's very inexpensive to do a lot of those things. Now, I, so for my, my, my domain, my email outreach domain, eocworks.com, I have four different email addresses just for me. You know, I have one that sends out for podcasts when I run to reach out to podcast folks. Another one that's for when I want to generate two more for when I want to generate new business for my company. And then one is my main inbox that I only use for like people that I know and back and forth. Um, now, one of our clients, they're a tech company and everything goes through their domain. Messages that are sent through their platform also go through their domain. So it's so important that the health of their domain is in check. And we send out a lot of emails on their behalf every month. We obviously always are monitoring the spam, but they've never had an issue. We've been working with them for now over a year. Wow. So what would you say then, um, out of everything we've covered so far, what, what is the most difficult part about cold email? The most difficult part, aside from being able to write a good email, all that stuff can be taught or you can work with someone, help you work with copy. But really the most difficult part is what we mentioned in the beginning. It's the psychological piece. And the psychological piece of one, does this thing work? And then two, Am I willing to go through the piece that is a little bit demoralizing? People saying, no, I'm not interested. Unsubscribe. Stop reaching out to me. One of the nice things for our clients, because they don't have, I mean, they could access the inbox, but I tell them not to because I don't want them to see any no's. They'll say to me sometimes, this is amazing. So many people want to talk to me. Everybody wants to talk to me because they only see when the meeting gets booked on their calendar. They don't see the 50 or 100 or however many people that said no or stop emailing me or unsubscribe. So it's a lot of it is a psychological piece. If you can get past that, you'll be fine because the you have, obviously the systems are difficult. Managing the inbox can be difficult. Creating tags to say not interested, interested. Um, following up can be tough doing templates, like there's all those little things that can be tough and time consuming, but that's all learned stuff that you can learn. You know, if we did a two hour consultation, you could be ready to go with that. The really the most difficult piece is the, the psychological piece. So if somebody listening today thinks they want to get started with cold email outreach, uh, what is the easiest way to get started leveraging that as a strategy for their business? Number one, it's identifying who is my audience? What is the problem that I solve? And how many meetings do I want to have booked? Once I think about those three things, then you can create a real strategy to say, okay, I'm going to invest X amount to buy a list of a thousand leads or 5,000 leads or 10,000 leads. Then I'm going to write the copy. Then I'm going to write the follow-up emails. Then I'm going to uh, have my templates for my responses. And then number three, when people do book the meetings on the calendar, how am I going to manage that? And how am I going to execute those sales calls so that I'm doing it to the best of my abilities? Awesome. Well, thanks for bringing so much value to the show today, Adam. I know it's kind of, um, email tends to be sort of a boring topic, right? And, and like we started with in the opening, uh, cold email is, is taboo, but I think, uh, you've def definitely leveraged a case today for why this is something that at the very least we should pay attention to as a viable strategy for our businesses, um, and, and given us some direction on where to go. So, uh, I guess the next step is, Give us a closing thought and let everybody know how can they connect with you, especially if they want to work with you. Uh, where do they where do they reach out to you at? Yeah, my closing thought would be around anyone listening to this. I don't care if you're a B two B, B two C. I don't care who, what type of audience you're trying to reach out to. It can be such an X factor for you because so many folks are not leveraging cold email properly. We got Mastercard as a client in my tech startup days. 
How? Because we emailed their CEO, Ajay Banga, who was gracious enough to spend multiple phone calls with my business partner. And then that became a client of ours. So Ajay Banga, one of the most successful CEOs in the world, one of the busiest people in the world, was willing to check his email and hop on a phone call from cold email. So anyone is accessible through email if you know how to do it right. And it might sound complicated, but it's not as complicated as people make it out to be. And it's 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 not as um, that negative connotation, if done right, does not exist. Um, so that's number one. And then if anyone does want to reach out to me, if you have any questions on anything email related, you can find me at adam at eocworks.com. You can check out our website at eocworks.com. And then uh, for me, I'm most active on Instagram at Adam I. Rosen and LinkedIn. It's the same thing at or backslash in backslash Adam I. Rosen if you want to follow me there. Awesome. And you had a special offer you wanted to share with our community today as well. Yep. So anyone, if you are looking for a lead list and you are looking for contacts, as Adam mentioned earlier, you can email me at adam at eocworks.com. Just put in the subject line, Leo to CEO, and I will give you a 20% off lead list for uh, a thousand leads if you want. So just contact me and we'll make sure we get you a good list and we'll make sure we get you a good price. Awesome. Well, thanks Adam for being on the show. It's always good to have another Adam right? So <laughs> I appreciate it, man. And uh, we're definitely going to be following up. I want to talk to you some more um, about about cold email because I'm, I'm just as nerdy about it as you are. So uh, I won't bore everybody else with all those mundane details, but thanks for being on the show, man. No, thank you, Adam. I appreciate it, man. It's always, uh, always great to chat with you. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at leo2ceo.com forward slash podcast dash review or in your preferred podcast listening app. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other compreneurs like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to leo2ceo.com click on podcast and search this episode number and you'll find all the links, descriptions and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.